Hello and welcome to the Reorg Europe podcast, your weekly roundup of the most interesting trends and developments in performing credit, stressed and distressed, restructuring and post-reorg in the European and SEMA markets. It's Tuesday, November the 22nd. I'm Caterina Dassier. Coming up this week, high-yield reporter Beatrice Mavroleon will take us through the highlights in the primary markets so far this week. Credit analyst Shenda Xu will talk us about why the liquidity position of the UK used car trading platform Constellation Automotive has come under the spotlight. Managing editor Luca Rossi will then be joining us to tell all about the Italian group Strada dei Parchi, whose lenders recently held pitches to select a financial advisor for upcoming talks with the company. Finally, distress reporter Farouk Baloch will discuss UK house building companies Miller Homes and Keep Moat after their bonds have come under pressure following a slowdown in the country's housing market. We would like to hear your feedback to help us improve the podcast experience, so please take a moment to complete the short survey at the link attached to this podcast and let us know how we're doing. I had a call with Beatrice this morning to discuss the highlights in the primary markets so far this week. Here is what she said. This week in the primary market, French real estate management company Emeria was marketing a term loan B add-on, which it upsized today first to 400 million euros and then to 550 million euros from 300 million euros, reflecting very strong demand for the credit. Banks had previously planned to keep part of the debt on their balance sheets, but ended up syndicating all of it. Investors highlighted the high leverage on the deal, the fact that part of the company's debt is unhedged for interest rates, and the expected pressure on the company's brokerage business as concerns. But the group's acquisition of UK Peer First Port, which will be part financed with the new debt, increases the company's geographic diversification and recurring revenue. Meanwhile, strong demand for paper from CLOs and the Eurobor plus 525 basis point margin on the debt made the deal attractive. UK consumer credit provider New Day launched an offering of 13.25 senior secured notes due 2026, with the amount now set at 200 million sterling. The company is implementing an exchange transaction that's similar to the deal completed by German pharmaceutical group Stada last month as a way to address upcoming maturities while largely avoiding a difficult primary market. New Day is proposing to exchange its outstanding 7.375 senior secured notes due in 2024 for the 13.25% notes. After positive response from investors, Apex-backed portable toilet solutions provider Toy Toy and Dixie upsized its term loan B add-on to 210 million euros from 140 million euros and priced the deal, the deal at 95.5 with a Eurobor plus 500 basis point margin. Data analytics group Nielsen is marketing a $1.75 billion term loan B split between dollar and euro tranches with proceeds to refinance existing debt and support the company's acquisition by Elliott and Brookfield. The deal follows the pricing of the company's $1.96 billion offering of seven-year notes with a coupon of 9.29, which was also intended to support the buyout earlier this month. Commitments on the new loan are due at 5pm on Tuesday, November 22nd. 
Danish telecom tom, uh, group New Day privately placed a 500 million euro term loan B at 92 with an E plus 650 basis point margin. Proceeds from the loan will be used together with new funds at parent company DKT Holdings and related, related holding companies to fully redeem DKT Finance's 7% 2023 notes and 9.375 notes also due in 23. And finally, Formula One, the media company that holds exclusive commercial rights to the FIA Formula One World Championship, priced its $1.7 billion term loan B at 99 with an SOFR uh, plus 325 margin. The company also raised a $725 billion term loan A. Proceeds of the loans, uh, along with cash on the company's balance sheet, will be used to support the refinancing of the group's existing term loan B due in February of 2024. The liquidity position of Constellation Automotive is currently under the spotlight. Shenda, could you walk us through the company's business and its liquidity concerns? Yeah, sure. Uh, Constellation Automotive operates used car trading platform mainly in the UK and also in some continental European countries, generating revenue from auction transaction fees and other service charges. It also purchases used car itself directly from customers primarily in the UK through its brand We Buy Any Car and sells them through its own platform. The company has been burning cash in the recent periods mainly due to the lower profitability impacted by lower car transaction volume. It was also hit by high capex spent on expansion initiatives and higher interest expenses on rising interest rates. So it seems that the company has an aggressive investment pipeline, even in a weaker market condition. Yeah, the company acquired the Rockingham Motor Speedway for £80 million in June last year to increase its capacity to stock and prepare used cars. It also purchased the Corby refurbishment facility for £12.6 million. And in January this year, it loaned £80.1 million to a non-restricted group entity at a holding level to acquire about 20% share of Lookers, a car dealer in the UK and Ireland. I see. And that's over £90 million expansion capex spent in the 2022 financial year on top of a £80 million loan. What about the interest expenses? The company's cash interest is £85 million for the LTM period ended July 3rd. What's the expected cash interest for the company in uh, today's rising rate environment? Well, the interest rate for its sterling term loans are linked to Sonia, while its euro term loan is linked to Euribor. So both benchmark rates have increased significantly. So uh, based on the current benchmark rates levels, we estimate the cash interest would increase to about £124 million per year. The company has £69 million of cash position and £166 million undrawn RCF. So, however, the RCF is subject to a 9.25 times consolidated senior secure leverage test if over 40% is drawn. We estimate the minimum EBITDA level of the next quarter in order to meet such tests, which can be found in our analysis published on November the 16th. In our view, this level of EBITDA is achievable but challenging, and we expect the group to continue to burn cash in the next few quarters. Having said that, under the situation where the company needs additional liquidity, 
we think the sponsor TDR may be supportive. The TDR still has some equity invested in the business after the acquisition in 2019 and netting dividend distribution last year. The calculation can also be found in the analysis on our website. So at the wider holding group level, outside of the restricted group, TDR has been making acquisitions including the ECM, Marshall Motor Group, and Lookers, which could generate synergies with uh, the Constellation Automotive. So therefore, we do not think TDR would walk away and may be willing to provide uh, support. Thank you, Shanda. So I've heard there is a new esoteric restructuring happening in Italy. And uh, we have Luca today with us to discuss what has been happening. Hey, Caterina. Uh, yes, it's uh, quite an interesting one. Everything started in July of this year when the Italian government decided to revoke the concession agreement that a company called Strada dei Parchi had on two big highways in the country, the A24 and the A25, which are in central Italy. So the revocation happened due to what the government described as serious breaches in implementing safety measures on the infrastructure. So you all remember the case of Atlantia and the huge battle between the Benetton family and the government after the collapse of the Morandi Bridge in uh, 2018. So after that tragedy, the government implemented strict rules on safeguarding the infrastructures for the concessionaire, which is uh, the private company that manages the highway. Let's remember that the provider of the concession is the state itself. The concessionaire is the company managing the infrastructure. In this uh, precise case, the case of Strada dei Parchi, it was almost a joint decision. So the government decided to revoke the concession. But prior to that, a couple of months before that, the company itself said it didn't have the financial means to implement the necessary measures. So it was ready to hand back the concession. So you mean that all went well at the end? Not really. Strada di Parchi, which is an entity created by a big Italian industrial group called uh, Gruppo Toto, only to manage the two motorways, now wants to be compensated with 1.3 billion euros by the government for the early termination of the concession agreement, which was supposed to expire in 2030. Moreover, the lender banks of the company are hiring advisors to understand how they will be able to recover the 400 million euros of bank debt that they are exposed with. So it's a pretty tricky situation. That's quite interesting. So in your opinion, what will be the next step? First of all, banks, which include both Italian and foreign lenders, need to hire a financial advisor and pitches happened two weeks ago. Second of all, I think we need to see if there is any investment fund potentially interested in buying the bank debt at a discount, provided that some of the banks want to sell and try to recover as much as it can from this situation. I see, but hang on, who is managing the two highways then? It's ANAS, A-N-A-S, which is the state-owned motorway operator. Thank you, Luca. Bonds of UK house builders Miller Homes and Keep Mode have recently come under pressure. 
Farouk, you have been working on these names. Can you quickly summarize what happened? Sure. Um, as we have seen, mortgage rates have increased past 6%, which, by the way, is the highest rate since the 2008 financial crisis. Plus, living costs have also gone up, uh, which has squeezed people's wallets. So, in this environment, consumers' purchasing power is weakened. In other words, there is less demand for new houses. And as a result of this and the higher mortgage rates, people expect house prices to come down. In fact, um, house prices have already fallen. If you look at October data, house prices are down about, you know, 0.9% compared to September's prices. And this is the largest drop since the depths of the pandemic in June 2020. And this could get worse. Uh, according to Lloyds Bank, house prices could fall by 7.9% uh, in 2023 uh, in the base case scenario and about 18% in the worst case scenario. This is bad news for house builders whose business models are inherently exposed to risks such as weak demand, high mortgage rates, and a recession which now seems imminent. And these risks have put the bonds under pressure. So when I last saw it today uh, on Solve Advisors, Miller Homes 2029 firstly in bonds were in the low 70s yielding 14% and their 2028 floating rate notes were in the mid 70s yielding 13.4%. Keep most 2027 senior secure notes uh, were in the low 70s as well yielding about 14%. And can you tell us a bit about the business models of these two companies? Well, Miller Homes specializes in standard family homes and their average selling price was 275000 in 2021. Their key markets are Central Scotland, Northern England, the Midlands and to a lesser extent, Southern England. Their revenue is primarily made up of private sales. In second quarter, private sales were 86% of their revenue, while affordable homes were about 11% of sales. The group is typically cash generative. So Keepmode uh, develops affordable homes, mainly for the first-time buyers. The, their average selling price was 179000 uh, in 2021. It works in partnership with local authorities and registered providers in sourcing land. Its main markets include the North, the Midlands and some parts of Scotland. So what do your sources say about these companies will be affected and which of the two is more exposed to the prevailing risks? Investors have mixed, uh, in fact, contrasting views on this. Some believe the current trading levels reflect the risks associated with the declining real estate prices. Others caution there is a limited visibility to how far prices might drop. Some also question whether the government will intervene to support the housing market, which depends on mortgage-based sales. For Keepmode, 91% of private sales buyers purchase homes with the assistance of mortgages in the year ended October 30, 2020. For Miller Homes, about 96% of their private core completions were done with customers using mortgage funding in 2021. The prevailing rates of mortgage means many people can't buy new homes at current prices. This will in turn affect these companies because they largely depend on mortgage-based sales. So they will have to sell property at reduced prices on one hand and the valuation of their land banks will fall on the other while construction costs keep rising because of inflation. Out of the two, Keepmode seems more exposed to concerns about affordability of mortgage since it's more focused on first-time buyers in lower-value homes when compared with Miller Homes. Keepmode's customers were also more reliant on the government's help to buy a scheme, which lowered the required deposit on a home, but it is closed now for new applicants. On the other hand, the way Keepmode buys land in partnership with local partner means it is less exposed to the value of the land going down as it frequently buys land installments, for example. This also means upfront costs are relatively low for them.
More information on all the situations and events discussed in this podcast are available on our website, reorg.com. We hope you can join us next Tuesday for another Reorg Europe podcast. Until then, have a great week and thank you very much for listening. Thank you.